The grace and peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church. And whether you're new with us today or whether you're regularly here, we'd love to have you fill out the friendship pad and let us know that you're with us. It should be next to the center aisle on each pew, and you can fill it out, give us your information, and pass it down the pew, and then pass it back to the center. Um, the announcement sheet that is inside the bulletin tells you what's going on in this week in the life of the church this, this morning right now, there is a pathway to membership for those who are interested in becoming members of Laguna Presbyterian Church. Jerry is over in Tankersley Hall with that group. That is a one-hour gathering. This evening at 7 o'clock, there is a video about the genocide in Rwanda, particularly featuring a couple that survived that genocide, Ibrele and William Wazara. They were here a few weeks ago and spoke to our adult education and this is the film about their life. Many of you wanted more information about them. This is Vacation Bible School this week, and that ends next week with Carnival Sunday. So next Sunday, our children from Vacation Bible School will be participating in the service and singing, and there will be a hamburger truck from TK Burgers right after the service. So you get to stay for lunch next Sunday and all sorts of fun for kids. At the beginning of the first service next week, there will be a congregational meeting to elect a new worship elder, Margie, Margie Bell. Uh, also, you will see in the connections, we are reading several books this summer. Uh, one of the books, Infamy, which is about the Japanese internment during World War II. Uh, we now have a date. Steve Yamaguchi is going to be leading a discussion of that on August 8th, and his mother was in the camps, and she will be there as a part of that. If you feel like you don't want to drive as far as the Orange County Airport to the Fuller Orange County office, you can sign up for a carpool on the patio for that. Also, there will be a blood drive. It's not in the connections yet, but there will be a blood drive on August 5th. And we particularly need people not only to sign up to give blood, but also to sign up to help as volunteers and to spread the word in the community that that blood drive is coming, take posters and that sort of thing. And there's a sign-up out on the patio for that today. Our flowers today are for two anniversaries. The first one is for Rick and Juliet Hume, 40 years. Wave, wave the hands back there. There they are, 40 years. Congratulations. And the other one is for Ken and Katie Crumley, 59 years. Congratulations. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. O Lord our God, the one who has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ, with grace and power, with forgiveness and strength, with truth and imagination, with gentleness and love. May your Holy Spirit enter the hearts of those who wait with quiet expectation for all that is good, holy, and just. Bless our worship and give us your peace this morning. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord. You that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of our God, in the house of our God, 
Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for he is gracious. For I know that the Lord is great. Our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. In heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth. He makes lightnings for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. Praise, praise the, the Lord, Lord, for the Lord, the Lord is good. Let us stand and praise him together. of your hands for great, great is your faithfulness. Let's sing that together. We will remember. We will remember. Sing it out. We will remember. Will we? 
be seated as we continue in worship. Psalm 133 is a psalm of ascents. It's the song that the pilgrims sang as they journeyed together. It's the body of Israel up to the temple. It was a prayer for peace amidst the tribes, and it's a prayer for peace for us as well. Shame. 
This morning, we confess our sins in response to some of Jesus' Beatitudes. In a moment, we will be reading our prayer responsively. The story is, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he cured them, and great crowds followed him. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Yet we have often presided as harsh judges over the lives of others. We have been quick to place blame on anything or anyone but ourselves. We have avoided obligations to care for or to help people in need. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Yet we have been proud in spirit inflated with pride in our own self-sufficiency. We have forgotten how needy we are. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Yet we are often at war with one another. In a thousand little ways, we demand to be catered to. We seldom esteem others as more important than ourselves. We often create strife by demanding our way rather than by walking in God's spirit. Lord, please show us your mercy as we continue our confession to you in the silence.
For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. This is the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Peace of Christ be with you.
Let's stand and pass the peace of Christ to one another. Tomorrow our vacation Bible school begins, and you, if you have not seen what's going on in Tankersley Hall, you need to take a peek over there. They have built a mountain this week. So many people have already been very active getting ready for Vacation Bible School, and some of you have been bringing things behind the scenes. The kitchen is absolutely full of stuff that people have brought for Vacation Bible School, and others of you are doing things. So if you have anything to do with Vacation Bible School, we want to pray for you. If you have already done something for Vacation Bible School before today, would you stand up and stay standing? brought something decorated stay up if you are going to be doing anything hands-on with kids this week teaching guiding singing and all those things would you stand up and stay standing i think there should be some teenagers standing up in the balcony too aha some people are over here i think we have like 40 some youth that are going to be helping this week stay standing no fair sitting if you are going to be uh, doing bringing any food this week or anything else or doing anything else for vacation bible school this week will you join them in standing too please great we have nearly a hundred people who are involved in some way and this important ministry to the kids, not only of this church, but the kids of the community. And they would appreciate it if you would not only pray for them with me now, but if you would pray for them throughout the week. So out on one of the carts on the patio, you will see that there are these prayer cards. They would love it if you would take one of these and pray for them throughout, throughout the week. Uh, each one has somebody's name on it. So you can go pick somebody you don't know, or you can pick your favorite person, whichever you want to do. But we want to pray for you now, and um, I encourage you all to be sure that you pick up one of the cards after the service and continue to pray for them. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for those who have already been working, for their gifts of imagination and organization, for all the youth and adults who will be giving of themselves this week in so many ways to create the week of learning and growth for our children and for the children of the community. So we pray for children and families who will attend Vacation Bible School this week. Give safety, give wisdom, and energy and patience to leaders and teachers. Draw the children to know you in a deeper way. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As I've said before in the past, time and again, that this morning I'm going to be preaching to myself <laughs> as well as I'm preaching to all of us because this issue of peace is something that we all need in our lives, in our relationship with God, and also in our relationships with one another because life is hard, isn't it? Life is complex and we rub up against one another and sometimes we perturb one another and have issues in our lives. So I'm preaching to myself and I'm preaching to all of us. So I'll start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus teaching the Beatitudes. He said in verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Then he continues with this in verse 43 through verse 48. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? <laughs> Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And to the book of Romans, chapter 12. I'll start with verse 14, and we'll finish at the verse we're looking at this morning, verse 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. Lord, as we gather here this morning, it's our prayer by your Holy Spirit that you will enable us to drop our defenses. Help us to understand these words of Jesus and of the Apostle Paul of what it means to have peace with you. And as you are encouraging us this morning, what it means to have peace with one another. We all gather here this morning with at least one person for which a relationship between us and them has been hurt or damaged. We may even be sitting here this morning struggling through that relationship in our minds and in our hearts. So help us this morning to hear your word and to know how we might live into this new life you've given us in Christ and in his peace. We ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, after listening to these passages, I'm willing to guess there's at least one person, at least one, who comes to your mind for which you need a peaceful possibility. I know there's at least one for me. Someone in particular for which your relationship with them has gone south. Where there once was peace between the two of you, now there is disharmony. Where there once was a bond, maybe it was very strong, there's now strife between you two. The relationship has become broken. And the two of you, however well you're doing at this or poorly at this, the two of you have learned to keep your distance. Several years ago, I had the privilege, the responsibility of overseeing a certain group of youth athletes in a particular sports organization. You can only guess which one. <laughs> Some people would say that's a risk right there. There's a potential character builder. <laughs> it's one thing to deal with kids. It's quite another thing to deal with their parents, isn't it? 
especially when it comes to school and sports. There's something about parents bringing in all of their expectations about those two. And bringing in their expectations about sports can go all the way back to their child and what they wish they had become. It's no exaggeration in saying that 90% of the issues that I had to deal with were with the parents, not the kids. After the game, most of the kids were concerned with what kind of Slurpee flavors were in the snack bar. Most of them, not all. They weren't concerned about the score or whether Billy Bob was safe at first base, but the parents could be quite concerned. One tough decision I had to make along with the ruling board of this organization led to some fallout with one of the coaches with whom I had known for a long time. I just happened to have the privilege of being the face on his frustration. As they say, welcome to leadership. Later later that day, after 10 o'clock at night, now wait a minute, I'm going to give you a safety tip right now. Never send an email after 10 o'clock at night. As they say, friends don't let friends press send after 10. I tell that to my sons all the time. This coach wrote me a long, drawn-out email about his disagreement with myself and the organization. And in that last long paragraph of that email, he questioned my integrity, he questioned what was behind my intentions, and then he went for the gold. He questioned my faith in God. Woo! Which leads me to another safety tip. Friends do not let friends read their emails after 10 o'clock at night. Amen? Amen? Just don't do it. Turn off the computer, go to bed, because you know what you do all night. It just starts going. I know what I'm going to say back to that person. We come up with some pretty ingenious stuff, too. He pushed my buttons, to say the least. And to make a long story short, there was now distance between the two of us and that distance became more and more over the months and over the years. And I will confess, it was mutual. Now, hey, don't judge. We all have our buttons, and we know exactly how those buttons can be pushed. Hopefully, the older and wiser we become, the more we understand what's behind those buttons of ours that can be pushed. Now, sometimes it can be on us, And sometimes it can be on them, and sometimes it can be mutuality of both, but either way, that reaction that we have to the situation can lead to unrest in the relationship. The relationship, we can tell, has been damaged, and sometimes that relationship can be severed. So as I sat there on Thursday morning working on this sermon, I asked myself, What are some of the natural inclinations that we have when we face such discord in a relationship that's been damaged? Here's some that I wrote down. Maybe you can add to them. We avoid the person. We see them come this way, so what do we do? We go that way. We become pretty good at this. We can see them a block away, and we can calculate our exits, how we can get out of their way so that we don't have to see them. That's self-preservation at its finest. We can ignore the person. 
Now, for various reasons, we are forced to continue to associate with them, but we've learned how to tune them out for necessity's sake and listen to the other people, but in our minds, we are ignoring them. We alienate the person. This can become an art. The older we get, the more easily we have learned to put them exactly in their place in our minds using certain language and words for them. Am I the only one here? We nurse the grudge. We keep reliving the instance in our minds over and over again. The wound was maybe this big, but the wound has now become this big and this big because we keep feeding it because we relive what they did to us. And then we get to the point where we actually, we don't want to admit it, but we wish bad upon them. And then five, we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. And then there's that close friend despair that shows up and convinces us that there is absolutely no way that the relationship can be repaired. Peace is an impossibility. Now, we know what this leads to. We find ourselves frustrated deep within. We become angry. We're exhausted. We're very exhausted because God only gives us so much energy for the day in our tank, and we start using that energy like this towards that person we are frustrated at. So we're exhausted. It can lead to problems with our health, and even most serious, it can remove and take away our joy in the Lord. And I say we because there's not a person in this sanctuary who does not struggle with this very issue, even as we sit here this morning. Has that person come to your mind? And yet we're sitting here, aren't we? We're sitting here because there's something different about us. We're not just different because we like getting up on a Sunday morning while our neighbors are sleeping in. We're here because we love God. And we're followers of Jesus Christ. And there is a change that's starting to happen in us little by little. With Jesus, Paul says there are peaceful possibilities. There's always a hope for peaceful possibilities. In Romans 12, 18, Paul is just renewing the words of Jesus Christ. What does Paul say? If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, as far as it depends upon you, live peacefully with all. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will become children of God. Another translation could be, because you are a child of God, blessed are you when you make peace. Both are speaking about our responsibilities as Christians to pursue peace with others. I found that both Paul and Jesus are starting with a premise that they are speaking with children of God. Those who claim to be followers of Christ, Paul is speaking to the church in Rome. Jesus is speaking with his disciples at the Sermon on the Mount those who claim to be daughters and sons of God. And we know that one simply does not become a child of God from birth. Something dramatic has happened in each one of us. Paul, earlier in this letter, said that there was a, a distance between us and God. Not only a distance, he said that there was this 
bottomless chasm that was between us and God. Not only that, but there was an enmity between us and our Creator. At one time, we relied upon those natural inclinations I spoke of. We were self-centered. Paul even says we were slaves to sin. Everything that led to this distance, this bottomless chasm, this enmity, none of it was on God. All of it was upon us. And as Paul said earlier in his letter, we were a people without hope, a people living in fear and futility. We were a people who were longing for some kind of peace and we were trying to fill it with all kinds of things. In one song it said that we were looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> and then, I love that end then, and then along came Jesus. <laughs> and along with Jesus came those peaceful possibilities that became a reality in our life. Do you remember it? When God's Spirit came into your life and grace entered in and your heart was slowly being softened and you started getting interested in the things of God. What was that all about? And your ears were open to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and you started to believe upon the gospel and your eyes were opened so that you could see all of the mercies that have come down upon you. And your eyes were opened in such a way that you even saw that God's mercies were coming down upon you even before you put your faith in Christ. The sun and the rain came down on the righteous and on the unrighteous. What an amazing God that we have. And you recognized that Jesus Christ, by his death upon the cross and shedding his blood for us, that he reconciled us to our Father. He took care of that distance. The distance is gone. Now, I know once in a while, maybe more than once in a while, you still feel that distance, but the claim from Scripture is that the distance is gone and the chasm had been taken care of and the enmity is gone. God has forgiven you of every sin that you've ever committed. And the perfect peace of God, well, we've been restored to God. What a loving gracious God. You remember when that peace first came into your life? Remember when you first came into church and someone extended the hand of peace to you? Young in high school, there was this boy, his name was Winston. Winston was a junior, I was a freshman, and every time I saw Winston, I would make fun of him. I made fun of Winston because he would actually carry a Bible with him at school. My friends and I thought that was very silly and we had certain words for him and we learned that he would lead a Bible study at lunch and we're like, you're doing a Bible study at lunch? Why don't you go home and party at lunch? What's up with that? We made fun of this guy for years. And then Jesus got a hold of me and I became a Christian. And after a few months in going to that church in San Marino, I looked up at one worship service, oh no, there's Winston. And we had that, that handshaking thing like we do here in church. And Winston came walking up to me, and he shook my hand, and he said, Welcome, brother. Winston and I are still friends today. That's peace. So we all have a story of this peace becoming a reality 
And part of this story of peace for us is that we are making baby steps. Baby steps of faith every day. We're far from perfect. We're beginning just to learn what this is all about. If we were perfect and we had it all together, Paul and Jesus wouldn't have had to tell us over and over again to be peacemakers, to love one another, to seek the love of Christ and to share the love of Christ with others. I saw that Paul used the word if and as much as. Jesus even used the harsh word enemy. (laughs) Both are well aware of the deep damage that may have taken place in our relationships and the possibility that peace may never be restored in some relationships until we get to heaven. Hmm. What does Paul say? As much as it depends upon you. Pursue it. Promote it. Long for it. Don't you be the one Christian that stands in the way of it possibly happening. Because as we do, we are becoming a witness of the peace that we have experienced in Christ. And we're becoming a billboard for the love and the peace that God has shown to each one of us. And I want to tell you something. This is not out of selfishness. The scripture speaks like this, that when we restore peace with other people, there is a joy. There's a joy that happens in our life as we release what it was we were holding against them. Remember that pattern that Jesus gives? Listen, pray for him. Pray for him. You can do that. You think it's impossible? Well, start with prayer. You never know what God could do. Pray for them to have peace and joy in their life. And you know what might happen? You might find a little more peace and joy coming into your life. I know I have. Greet them. Now, why would Jesus say that, greet them? Well, he says you do that with your friends. Why can't you do that with others? And when you're greeting them and you continue to say good morning when you don't want to say good morning, It's causing you to stay engaged with them, and then maybe that peace will come. And then, of course, the Scripture hopes for reconciliation, and hopefully that will happen. It might happen sometimes. It might not happen other times. It might be days or months or years later that it could take place. It should never be at the cost of your faith and your trust in God, but I guarantee you it will be at the cost of your pride and your ego as much as it depends upon you. So last month, I was at a sports banquet with my son. And as I was leaving the sports banquet, I was walking along, had Tori on this side, Bob Bond on this side, two of my good friends, and we are walking along. The exit's right back there, and I look up, and there he is. You know what I'm thinking in my mind. It's a certain word. It's four letters. I look up there and I go, there he is. And there's no way out. Tori's here, Bob's here. I can't, I can't go this way. I can't go that way. I've got to go this way. And he's standing right there and his head is down as he's speaking with someone. And I felt that urge and that push from the Spirit saying, Steve, cut it out. Now's the time. I've shown you my peace. Show him your peace. And I walked up to him, and we looked at each other in the eye, and I said, first thing that came out of my mouth, good to see you. He went like that. And then I saw it. I saw it before my eyes. It was just this calming. 
And he put out his hand, and we shook hands, and he said, good to see you too. Do you know when I walked out of there? I felt like a brick, one of the bricks had been taken off of my back. So much joy in the drive home, and we've seen each other since, and we've talked. So you never know what can happen. You never know. As much as it depends upon you by the strength and the help of God. Let's pray. Lord, we need your help. We need your strength. We can think of at least one person. I'm sure we can think of a handful, even more. Throughout this life, we've had issues and struggles with different people for many different reasons. But I'm sure one in particular came to our mind this morning. So we begin that life of prayer, praying not only for them, but for us, to have that peace and joy, to move us to that greeting, and if at all possible, by your power and by your spirit for reconciliation. That's our hope. That's our prayer. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give of our tithes and offerings. As we sing this song, Hear My Cry, you have the refrain in your bulletin, and I'm just going to invite you to sing the refrain with us. Lord, we long for your peace. We long for reconciliation. We long to be peacemakers.
God of peace, you've acted to make peace at the cross, you've broken down dividing walls of hostility, you've reintroduced us to yourself and us to one another. This morning we come together as your people and we've been invited to remember perhaps the face of one person, a name, member of our family, member of our church family, someone with whom we are seated in the pew this morning, someone we can think about in this community. And we know the right relationship needs to be healed. We'd ask that you'd help us to find one another and then find one another to enter into that deep reconciliation and renewal of friendship. So this morning in, in, in this moment of silence we, we lift up that name and that face to you. We surrender that person to you and ask for healing. Give to us the spirit of the initiative to reach out and speak to speak, to speak kindly. We're aware this morning that there are many places in our world where very tall walls have been built. And on either side of those walls there is mistrust, there are remembered hurts, there's anger, and we do not know how to get over the wall, under the wall, or through the wall. And so we pray for those places in the life of our world deep tribal conflicts, 
ideological separation, a history of hatred, of threat, even of violence. So this morning we stand in your house, O God, beneath the cross of Jesus. And this is where the great possibility of reconciliation begins. This is the place where we learn how to be ambassadors of Christ and to go forward with our burdens lifted, our fears comforted. We would pray this morning that as we present these offerings, that your peace will rest upon us, especially that we will be able to um, share that peace with our children and with one another this coming week. Open new doors of possibilities. We give ourselves to you. This we pray in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Church strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon strength. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong.
strength to wait this week, oh Lord. Give us strength to wait. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you this week. Amen.